Marissa Lee here, and I'm so excited to be sharing today's interview round episode with you. In these episodes, our brilliant lineup of guests will include healthcare practitioners, voice educators, and other professionals who will share their stories, knowledge, and experiences within their specialized fields to empower you to live your best life. Whether you're a member of the voice community or beyond, your voice is your unique gift. It's time now to share your gift with others, develop a positive mindset and become the best and most authentic version of yourself to create greater impact. Ultimately, you can take charge. It's time for you to live your best life. It's time now for A Voice and Beyond. So, without further ado, let's go to today's episode. This week on A Voice and Beyond, we welcome Dr. Veronica Anderson. As an intuitive guide and relationship coach, Dr. Veronica brings a unique blend of medical and spiritual expertise to her clients. She began her successful career as an eye surgeon after graduating from Princeton University and Rutgers Medical School. Dr. Veronica discovered that Despite her successful career offering her a lifestyle anyone would be envious of, she did not feel in alignment with her career and made a huge career shift. Today, she is a licensed physician, practicing psychic and Colby certified consultant with a diverse background as an integrative medicine physician. She is also the author of four best-selling books. In today's show, Dr. Veronica explains how she pivoted her career and shares how she finds deep fulfillment in guiding individuals to overcome unique and complex issues through tools such as the Colby Assessment and the Human Design. She helps high-achieving professionals cultivate successful careers, healthy habits and relationships by teaching them how to be their authentic selves and appreciate their true identities. Dr. Veronica gives me the results of my Colby and Human Design test and breaks down my unique strengths and characteristics and how they play out in the workplace and in my day-to-day life. Dr. Veronica also explains how she became aware of her psychic and intuitive abilities and shares some of those most unbelievable experiences with us. This is a must-listen-to interview with Dr. Veronica Anderson. So, without further ado... Let's go to today's episode. Welcome to A Voice and Beyond. We have Dr. Veronica Anderson. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I have 
many, many questions for you because you've been doing a little bit of background and delving into me through some of the work that you do. And I can't wait to hear the results. You haven't shared those with me as yet, but you are a licensed physician, a practicing psychic relationship coach for high performers, an intuitive guide and Colby certified consultant with a diverse background as an integrative medicine physician. You are also an author of four best-selling books. So I want to know, is there anything you can't do? Oh, wow. Sometimes <laughs> it feels like I do too much and everything. but <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you do a lot. All that work sounds amazing. And it's not like they're just little things that you do. There, there are lots of really powerful things that you do. I think the way it is going now and the way it has gone recently is because I'm in the flow of what I'm meant to do on my master path at life, living out what my destiny is supposed to be, it doesn't feel like I'm doing a lot of work. And that is the feeling that I want my clients to have when they finish working with me. So I started doing this work because I realized I was doing all this stuff and it felt so hard. Mm. But now, although I've had a lot of accomplishment, it hasn't been that way just because I'm doing what I'm meant to do. Yes, I, I get that. I get that because I, I do long days. I work seven days a week. I'm always dabbling in something to do with work. And for a lot of people, when you say, oh yeah, I work seven days a week, most of the time they go, you've got to be crazy. But when you love what you do and you have a passion around it, it doesn't feel like that, does it at all? It doesn't feel like that, but there, I'm sure there are times that you're taking breaks. Of course. Your time and space and if you're not, I'm going to tell you what you, why you need to do that based on your design. Okay. So we'll talk about that. Taking breaks. A lot of people burn out and things like that. And I'm going to, mm. you know, I had a, a situation of burnout in my life and depression and all those other things that didn't feel good and were very heart wrenching. But when you learn about who you are and how, if you flow into exactly who you are, you can do what you're supposed to do. And it seems like you're doing a ton, but when you're doing it based on your instinct and your intuition, then you will not burn out. You will be flying high. Mm. There's such a fine line, isn't there, between listening to your gut feeling and your gut is telling you, I'm doing too much. And then your brain saying, no, 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 come on. You had this on your to-do list for today and you have to do it today. Otherwise it, your whole world is going to fall apart. Isn't it? Sometimes we have that battle between the gut and the brain and our bodies uh, telling us different messages and giving, telling us different stories. Yeah. And yeah. our brain is telling us that a lot of times because we're getting it from 
the atmosphere, the energy, and the way we've been taught that we're supposed to do things. So in Western culture, we're taught that doing, doing, doing work, work, work is how you're supposed to be doing. Mm. But when you start looking at certain types of people, especially from a spiritual perspective, doing, doing, doing is not necessarily what they're supposed to be doing. So when you say that your brain is telling you to do, but your gut is saying you're not, there's a reason for that. Your design is that type of design. You're not supposed to be doing, doing, doing. You're supposed to start doing and let other people finish it. Maybe I, w- I was meant to be born a princess. Maybe maybe that's the problem. (laughs) So it's interesting. Let's talk about like that princess type thing. You're saying maybe I was what to be a princess and you think everybody's doing anything for me. But I can tell you in my past lives and on my human design, in my past lives, I was a queen, really. And in my human design, I have the gate of the queen, the gate of the king and queen. So, but a queen is very different than a princess. Okay. All right. Explain what that all means. Now you said you were a queen in a past life and now your human design is saying that you are at the gateway of a queen. So there's... So tell us about how you know about your past life, what the human design is, and what does it mean to be at the gateway? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is just because your, your, your audience is saying, what the is she talking about? Okay. I know, right? And this is nothing that was on my question list, by the way. So I'm just going with it. <laughs> going with the flow. And so let's talk about, I said, in a past life. And so I'm an intuitive, and that just means that I am able to easily assess energy over time and space. And over time and space doesn't necessarily mean this present form that I'm in in this particular life. I can see my past lives, many of them, and be actually into the future in other realms. This is part of my gifts. And people say, if you think I'm crazy, you know, turn off, tune off. Um, but I realized this one day, it became very salient when I was in a store and I was looking at somebody and people will say you have that feeling called deja vu. I've met you before. I've been here before. And a lot of times it is true that you have met that person before, but it may not be in this particular incarnation, this particular life. And so what happened with me is I spontaneously begin to remember past lives, which people say, oh my God, are you crazy? Well, I don't have them. And some people believe these things. Some people don't believe these things, but I would meet people and they would flash in and they would be a whole story about it. It was like I was an actress in a movie or actor in a movie where I would be in a different time in a different place. I could see my hands and feet and I even would look different. And that other person, I could see the role that they were playing. So when I say I can see a life and, you know, I'm, I say my strongest intuitive sense is what's called clairvoyance. It means I, I see and I'll see intuitively in movies or pictures or things like that. It's like I'm looking at a movie screen. When I can see my past lives, I'm remembering them. It's not like 
I'm watching somebody else and I'm, I'm yes. standing in it and looking through my eyes and and playing a role. Okay. Is that and, scary? No. Well, it was scary when I didn't know exactly what was going on. And then one of my very good friends said, oh, you're, you you have past life memories. She just, a matter of fact, said that like me, like that to me one day. And we had never had this discussion. But I said, I'm having this weird thing happen. I'm meeting people. And I, I have, I know that I've met them before, but I know I haven't met them at this present time, right? I'm meeting this person for the first time, but yet I have a whole story around them. And this is, when I say a whole story around them, it wasn't like I sat back, laid down and created a fantasy. It's like Zoom, it comes into you. And if anybody's ever had the sensation, oh no, Zoom, these sensations come into me and all of a sudden I could tell you this story. And I'm not a I'm not a fiction novelist or anything like that. It just comes like that. So anybody who's had this type of experience mm. understand what I mean. And you might have had an experience like this yourself and said, well, what was that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I say you, you everybody, this this is my belief. Everybody has a soul journey. And in that soul journey, you get incarnated as a particular spirit in a particular life. In this particular life, I'm the spirit of Dr. Veronica Anderson de Digby. Um, and I'm playing this role as an African-American woman in who lives in Pennsylvania and New York and now with a place in France and likes to be a blonde. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is who I am, this particular life. But my soul, which is energy, is eternal. And so what happened with me is I can remember some of those other journeys. And one particular journey was being a queen and a pharaoh in 5500 BC in what is now the area around the area known as Egypt it was not that at that particular time and so and and if if you know anything about um Egypt and the history pharaohs are not necessarily kings or queens and vice versa and i was both of these things i don't if you ask me to go into how that happened i could dig in my memory and tell you that but i remember that life very you know, it came to me one day very, very intuitively when I was having a past life regression. And let me tell you what validated this for me. This is fascinating. Mm. I was doing, if people know Dr. Brian Weiss, who does past life regressions, I was in a conference with him. We were learning how to do past life regressions. And I met this couple. I want to say they're from Australia, too. And I had this vivid memory of this life as the queen and the pharaoh, and I could see my wedding, and I could see gifts, and I could see people coming from all around. And in that life, I also had abilities to help people heal. So I could see all these things happening during this particular regression. And I all of a sudden saw the faces of these people that were also queens and kings who came to a ceremony and they were supposed to be rivals, but rivals were kind of friends and they came and celebrated with each other. Yes. So this couple was there as a king and a queen in this past life memory. And it dawned on me that it was those people sitting over there in the conference, those two people sitting over there in the conference. So after I had this vivid memory, I go over to them and say, I just saw you in my past life. 
And here's what I saw. And the woman said to the man, she said, I told you, she looked exactly like that queen in Eddie Murphy's movie. I told you that. And they gave me a wedding gift. And the wedding gift was two peacocks, a male and a female peacock. And I told him that. And she said, I have to show you something. She went to her room and she came and pulled out this beautiful big card. And I don't know why she was carrying it with her because she needed to show me this. She had given this card to the man. She, this guy, they were engaged at this point. They had met. She gave this card, which was a peacock. Yes. <laughs> to the guy when they decide, when she decided she was going to marry him. It was the most incredible thing that happened, but verification that this time had and this realm had happened and these people were there in that realm. And so, uh, you know, these type of experiences are quite fascinating. Some people try to have these experiences and I was the type of person I started to have these experiences spontaneously. And then I noticed when I was doing intuitive readings for people that sometimes I would be able to see their past life, particular ones, and it would be one that was specifically related to some type of issue they were having. So as they opened their energy, I was able to see into the realm of their energy and soul and hone in on something from another time that was keeping them stuck and holding them back. So I I would watch the movie and verbalize what I was seeing in it. And also my intuitive sense would tell me reasoning behind it. And the beauty of something like that is you have somebody who will have something like medical problems that nobody can figure out. They have extra weight. They're having anxiety. I once had a woman who she was having just panic attacks out of nowhere, couldn't figure out why. And it turned out that she had a relationship in her past where she basically drove, which and she'd have them when she was driving right now. Right. And it was like debilitating. She had a situation where she drove herself and her kids into a lake because she wanted to die and then wanted her kids to die too because she couldn't mind she couldn't imagine her kids without her but she had gotten into a relationship with a man who was not her husband and couldn't figure out what to do about it so she figured the best thing was to die now when this woman came to me that was in another life when this woman came to me, she said, I'm having these panic attacks. I don't know why. And, you know, I'm I can't remember what age he was. I'm 50. And I just met this man online and he's 28. And I'm just so in love with this guy. He's so in love with me. And I just don't even know what to do because we have this big age difference. And, you know, all these issues she was telling me about in her personal life when she met this guy. She's like, I don't even know why I feel this way for him. There's just, there's no rhyme or reason behind it. And as I was doing her intuitive reading, this story in her past life came up and she had met this particular person in a store in her little town and gotten to this situation where she just couldn't figure out how to solve it and decided the best way to solve it was to kill herself and her children. Oh my gosh. Okay. And so she had a memory of that, which is making her have panic attacks while she was driving. 
and which started after she met this guy who she couldn't figure out why she had such attachment with. And that guy, I said, that's the soul of the guy that you met in the store. This is why this is happening, right? And now what happens? What happens when people learn these type of things? They're able to realize that it's not here and now, and they can they can just heal of these issues a lot of times. So sometimes people say, I'm a healer. I don't call my, I'm a guide where I will, with your energy, verbalize what it is you need to know and see at a particular time when you consult me. That's incredible. Because you know how to heal your body, your soul. They know, it knows how to heal, but it, it forgot. And sometimes it gets stuck because there are unresolved issues. Now think about the story I was telling you about this woman Obviously, that was an unresolved issue in a past life, right? Mm-hmm. Something that was unresolved. She didn't know how to deal it. She didn't work through the issue and just ended it all. So it was never fixed. And so now yes. it's like, how do I fix this? Okay, you realize that there are other ways to deal with things, you know, talk to the guy, you know, you're going to talk to each other, have a, you know what I'm saying? Figure out what is the right thing for you? What is the right thing for him? You met this person. There's a reason you met this person. He's a soul. You're a soul. There's things that you're supposed to be teaching each other. That's why you meet other people. You meet other souls because there's, there's gifts to be given. Those gifts are messages and teachings through the experience of life, right? So I know that we have completely not going off track. <laughs> no, we haven't. We haven't. We have, but I'm just sitting here fascinated by all of this. But I have to ask you, all right, because people are going to say this stuff is woo-woo. This woman is woo-woo. However, you come from a medical background. So you not woo woo. So you have you have medicine as that was your living. You were an eye surgeon. I was a, a yes. top eye surgeon. So it's not like you didn't have anything to do and decided I'll just become an intuitive coach. I mean, for you to no. go from that big <laughs> career to what you do now. Tell us about that transition. How long were you an eye surgeon for and how did you move across to all this work? What drew you to work? From there to here. Oh my God. Well, it's all a continuum as the soul and life are a continuum. And people say, were you always like this? Well, yes, but I wasn't consciously like this the way I am now. When you have these types of strong gifts and abilities and you're not around other people who have it or are talking about it regularly, you may notice it, but it's not something you verbalize or use or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So it's always been there. And when I look back over my current life, I can see different things that it was there, but it just wasn't what I was encouraged to do or use. Of course. No, it's not like mum and dad go, oh, eye surgeon, intuitive coach that is a psychic and can look at her past life. Yes. I mean, no, <laughs> no one, I, I, let me just say, I 
went to Princeton University. I have an Ivy League education. I graduated from medical school with honors. This is what most people, most parents want their kids to do. 100%. (laughs) Right? So, and it was a beautiful life until it wasn't. It became more and more salient as I was living life that there, first of all, there was this other realm that it's it's real because there were things I would know with no explanation at all. I even realized when I look back on it, when I was in medical training and I'd be able to figure out what was wrong with somebody just like that, that it wasn't my left brain doing logical steps. It was energetically knowing what it was. And people used to say, oh my God, she's just so smart. Now, I could take a test. I graduated with honors, and but I wasn't intuiting the test. I was, I studied many hours a day and it was just easy because I'm like, well, when you study, you know the answers. And I have a fabulous memory and I could pull it out. And so I could do well on standardized tests and things like that. That's my cognitive mind. We all have that cognitive mind where we get tests like IQs and all the things that Western culture celebrates. So yes, I have a really well-developed cognitive mind that allowed me to go through Ivy League education, get into medical school, graduate with honors and become an eye surgeon. But that is not my real core and strong genius. If you look at my design, like we're talking about it, you will see that I'm mostly right wired, that my I'm a visionary, that's an investigator, and I'm what's called splenic, which means that I am intuitive. That's how I do things. And mm-hmm. on the other side, with my instinct, my cognitive brain, how I do things, it's called quick start. And I do visionary innovative. It's how I take action, right? So I was doing, I was in a career that was very left-brained, not, and I did it and I did it well. I had a big practice. I had a great following. It was successful by all means, but I felt miserable because I knew it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. Now, how do you say to the world when you have everything that everybody wants that you're not happy? And that's Mm. what made me really depressed. But one day I got the courage to just drop it all. And I'm really, you have to get courage when, you know, I was married. I had a nice husband. I had kids. I had a great life with practices, diamonds, cars, furs luxury travel, everything that people say that they want was in my life. And there was no reason for me to feel malcontent. Yes. Except that in my soul, I knew I wasn't on my path for living my purpose and destiny of what I was supposed to do, where I was supposed to be. So after I got the courage to just, I left my marriage, I left my practice. I left religion because I, I was even a Sunday school teacher at one point. And I was like in the background saying, this is bull. This is bull. This is bull. Now, oh my. You know, now that I've studied, I understand source and the creator. And when I go back and read those things, stripping away the, the mask of any kind of dogma, I can see the truth in those. And most people who end up on a spiritual path can go to religious texts and it's a completely different interpretation right. than what from a pulpit 
by somebody else because those messages are meant to come directly to you as a person. And so the meanings in all these messages, which have now become very clear and weren't so clear before, it's clear now that, okay, this interpretation is what is supposed to, the source is telling my spirit, okay? But, and source is also telling my spirit through my hand analysis, through my natal chart, through my numerology, through nemology, with how my name is put together, through human design, that I am meant to be an intuitive. In my hands, I have eight gift markings and five of them are intuitive gifts. Yes, I do have a medical stigmata as one of them, but that's one right. out of the rest of them. So yes, that was meant to be part of my life. So if anybody who reads me from a natal chart astrologically, when I found out about human design and my human design teacher first did my reading and said, you're meant to be an oracle. You're the oracle. You're put together like this. You have the channel, the gate of the channel. You have the gate of the queen. I mean, you are meant, you're right wired. You are splenic. You have the right brain download. You have the left brain upload. You are meant to be a guide and an oracle type. You're meant to be and not do. <laughs> okay. Wow. Now, I said about you that you're not meant to work, work, work. Let's talk about your human design because this yes. is Yes. Okay. So I took the human design test, which was mainly around the my birth, wasn't it? Birth date, okay. my name, so. the time I was born. And I wasn't 100% sure with the time, but I knew it was roughly around that time. Yes. And uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about that just to give some background. Yes. So human design is an energetic spiritual system. Um, it has in it elements of the chakra system, the I Ching, the Kabbalah, quantum physics, quantum neutrino physics. And Ra, who this was downloaded to him, was talking about how the planets are arranged and how it affects us and our personality and spiritually. And, and it's a beautiful system that he downloaded in 1987. So it's really new compared to all the other systems. But when you look at it, and especially I know, like when I say, this is what I see on your chart based on all these things, people are like, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me. It's just so rings so true for people. It's just like, okay, I don't know how he did this. I don't know. It's not all scientifically verified, but when 1987, he was talking about the neutrinos and how this affects the body. And in 2015, someone won a Nobel Prize with this stuff. So oh. way before, you know, so people say, is there scientific data? Well, it hasn't been studied like drugs have, and you can't study it like drugs because this is quantum physics and the way it works are different from the way we generally get taught in Western culture, Western culture with biochemistry and physiology and things like that. It's very different. And I love physics. It's just so beautiful. So, but this is when we talk about the universe and source and things like that, we're talking about an Einstein. They he was studying these type of things, these type of theories. 
Yes. Um, which affect us, our personality, our spiritual state, and how we live. Okay, so human design is the system. No, it's not scientifically verified at this point. However, people will argue that. However, and you, if you say it's not science, tune it out to your to your own detriment, I would say, um, that's that's just fine. But you realize that sometime years later, we verify what is is. It's like we went through this time where there was the virus and people were saying things about the virus and people would say it and those people were considered quacks. And now science studies are verifying some of the things that people who were considered quacks were saying, right? So you just have to wait enough time mm-hmm. um, because there's some people who are so ahead of it that you're not going to be able to see it maybe in a particular realm. Yes. Yes. In human design, I call it your spiritual DNA. And so that means like your physical DNA, it is very distinct to you, unique to you. Okay. Yes. There are five types in human design and there's many more elements than this. But when I first talk to people, I'm like, listen, let's just start with the five types. And there's, you can divide those into two, energy types, non-energy types. So 70% of the world are energy types, which are called generators or manifesting generators. It means their vitality center, um, their solar plexus is what we call defined. They have a motor there. They respond to yes, no questions. And the generator, think about it is supposed to work and they yes. get working all of the time. Work, 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 work. Now, think about that 70% of the population. So if 70% of the people are the way, what do you think everybody else thinks they're supposed to do? They think they're supposed to be like the 70%. But then there's the other 30%. And you, my dear, are part of that other 30% like I am. So there's wow. the generators and the manifesting generators. And let me just say, there is no one type that's better than another type. It's just mm-hmm. the percentages. So let's say 30, 35% of people are generators, 35% of people are manifesting generators. That means 70% of people, it's a little bit less than that, it's about 68, but 70% of people are some type of generator, some type of worker, and they're happy when they're in their particular life purpose of work. Now, if they're not doing the type of work they're supposed to, they're going to be miserable and they're going to burn out. So anybody who's a generator doesn't mean you're you're just going to work doing anything. You have to work in the area you're supposed to be working in. All right. Let's talk about the 30 percent, because that's where you would. That's where it gets exciting. Okay. Okay. Other three types. She's about to take notes and I'm going to tell you why she's taking notes. She's taking notes because in the Colby system, which we will talk about, she is a father. Through. And people who are follow throughs, you're an eight and a follow through out of a 10, like to organize and systematize. So she's going to take notes and systematize <laughs> this whole thing. Right. So by the time you see this with the show notes, it's going to be beautifully systematized. It may not be even in the order that we presented, but it will be in a beautiful system because that's what she does okay my brain does actually have to organize everything into some kind of system or into some sort of coherency it has to be coherent and make sense yes and so that's your follow-through we're not talking about that yet we're talking about your human design you are 
non-energy type, that means that your solar plexus is not defined. It's open. And so you don't have a continuous motor that's meant to work, 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 work. Well, what does that mean? It means you got to learn how to be because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be. Now, there's three types. There's a projector, a manifester, and a reflector. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, let me explain that you are what's called a manifester. Ta-da! You are a manifester. What does that mean? You just know how to make things happen. But you initiate. You're not supposed to do it. You initiate things and things just seem to happen magically. You are the person that can orchestrate and you can say, you get that idea, you organize it all, and then you say, let me start this and then other people finish it for you. But you start it and it just seems to come into being. That's the beauty of being a manifester. So when I say, don't work, you figure out, now, you are a splenic manifester. Define spleen. What does that mean? It's very intuitive for you, like that in a nanosecond. The idea comes to you. You initiate it in a nanosecond. You know whether it's right or wrong. Yeah. Don't think about it. You yeah. feel it. Yeah. It is an intuitive sense. So as a splenic manifester, you're going to be able to go out in the world, look around, and figure out what to do. And you're not going to be left-braining it. It's not going to be a pro and con list. And how you will do is, on your cone of the brain, going to the Colby, is you're going to organize it all together. Because that's how you take action. When you do take action, you organize. Now, notice I didn't say to do anything. No. You need to be. And so you organize it and hand it off. And that's going to be your highest and best sense. Get it intuitively. Trust your gut when you get it. Do not let other people try to talk you out of it. Your gut is right. So interesting because more and more and more, I do listen to my gut. And every time I don't, it doesn't serve me. And now what's really interesting about all of that is that because I'm, I am, I do believe I am a manifester. And yes, I am someone, I have ideas. And when I've been on committees, for example, though, I find that my ideas are too much for other people at times. You know what I mean? So, so because I have, I'm a visionary, I'm a big picture person. I find that when I'm on committees, I'm better off, like I will share an idea and people find it overwhelming. Like if I, like just say, for example, if I said to someone on a committee years ago, I'm, I think we should start a podcast, they would have headed for the hills. But on my own and finding the right team, I've been able to do that. Yes. So in some ways it serves me, but in other ways it doesn't because some people can't uh, digest the idea. It's too much. It's overwhelming. How can you do that? You're not going to be the person that's the team, part of that team. So understand that. Mm. And one thing 
understand. And when I use these terms, it's just to understand how you're going to land with people. When when things aren't going a certain way, you can say, okay, I I get what's happening in the atmosphere and the energy because you're saying these things are happening. Why? So the initiator, the manifester has an aura that can be considered repelling. And so what can happen is people just think you're too much. You're just yes. too forward. You're, you're, you're rude. <laughs> you know? well, no, I'm, not, I'm never rude, but, but I am too much. They might be saying that, but they're thinking she's just too much because you're, you're now when I say your aura is like really pushing out. It's really just because you're an initiator and you're meant to go out and do, and it's not, what you have to do is when you come up with your idea, realize that it will be way ahead, likely. And what you're going to have to do is get, you know, you're, you're, I told you, you're a follow through where you're going to get it all organized and then you're going to get other people to implement it. You're not going to try to bring those other people along with you to convince anybody else. You're not going to do that. So when you're on that committee, that's not where you're going to convince other people. Oh, no, I left the committee. You're not going to convince other people there. So committee, but understand, people aren't going to understand because you're only 9% of the population. 9% of the population Mm -hmm. are manifestors, a pure, you're a splenic manifestor, but a manifestor of some type. Now, there are people who are called manifesting generators, but they're a generator by definition, okay? Mm -hmm. They can manifest, which means they can initiate and they can do, all right? Yeah. Um, And famous people who are manifesting generators are, um, let me tell you two people that the whole world knows, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. They're both manifesting generators. And you notice that people who are manifesting generators can get people to follow them like the Pied Piper. Right? Right. These two people, how they have these rabid fans. <laughs> You're just like, what is it? Yes. They're a manifesting generator. That's their energy. Okay. So who are, who are some well-known people then who are manifestors like you're gonna have to be a manifestors and I don't have that list like right off the top of my head. Oh, okay. Um let me just say, let me tell about the other two types because you know the audience, there's 20% of us, and I'm one of these, are what are called projectors. And we are meant to be the wise guides. And our strategy for light, now remember, yours is to initiate. You can take mm-hmm. action. For somebody who's a projector, I have to wait for recognition and wait for the invitation. I can't initiate. Oh. I have to wait to be seen and heard. Oh. Now, so can you guess why my book is How to Be Seen and Heard in Your Job and Relationships? Mm. Because yeah. we had similar experiences like you, because you realize that I'm a visionary, I'm yeah. a quick start. I have these fabulous ideas that are very innovative and I'm meant to guide people, but only when they recognize and ask me. If I offer the idea, they won't even see me. They won't even see me. It's like I'm talking and nobody's there. Really? Yes. Has and so that been your whole life? <laughs> well, I've always been like this. Um, but when things aren't working, you you don't know necessarily why aren't things working, right? Mm. 
I would, I would explain to people that with my husband, I would have these arguments. I couldn't figure out why, what, what did I just do? Why did we have an argument? And I realized that we were having an argument because I didn't get recognized. Right. So if we're having a conversation and I want him to hear what I'm saying, I don't just go and say, hun, blah, 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 blah. I say to him, would you like to know what I think about blah, 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 blah? Why? Do you recognize me and say yes or no? When he if he says no, I shut up. Mm -hmm. If he says yes, then he's giving me the floor and that's recognition. But because my energy is such that when I put it all out there without the recognition, my energy becomes repulsive and I become invisible. This is the life of a projector. But then when you get recognized, it's like, oh my God, wonder, wonderful. I, nobody's like that, right? I had a, um, I'm in a, I'm on in a group and one of the guys in the group a couple days ago said to me, can I, I want to ask your advice on something. Now we had been in a group and we were all supposed to participate a certain amount. And I speak in, you know, participate in this group, how I'm supposed to participate in a group. And he recognized me and reached out to me and said, I would like your advice. Now he's going to hear me, see me and listen to me because with someone who is a projector, Mm -hmm. you have to get that recognition. And now what's the other thing? The other thing that's nice about being a projector when I keep my mouth shut and I'm waiting for recognition is I have a magnetic aura. I have a receptive aura. People are magnetized. They say projectors have a way of being. Now, let me tell you some famous projectors, because when I say they have a way of being, you're going to look and say, yeah, they do have a way of being. Queen Elizabeth, Princess Diana, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, Nelson Mandela, Barbara Streisand. If you think about all those people. Wow have this way about them that you're just like, what is it about them? What are they doing? What Mm -hmm. is it about them? And I'm not talking like Hillary and Donald. Realize that the energy is completely different. Yes. You want, think about Princess Di. You hardly heard her talk and she's been dead for how many years and the world's still mesmerized. Think about how people loved Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And think about how many times you even heard her talk and what does she do? Even she just was the she just had a way of making it just her just being made you attracted to her. Yes. The whole yes. world. Right. Yes. Yes. It's now, like when they talk about the it, no one can explain what the it means, but it's yes. something that's magnetic about a person. Yeah, I mean, think about Nelson Mandela's. Yeah. Think about it, right? You're just like, what did did he, yes, he was wonderful and he did, but there was something about him that just made you want Mm. to be transfixed and hear what he had. Think about about Barack Obama who came out of nowhere, right? Um, And think about him and his his wife are double projector couple. And that's why on her own, she's like she is too. Mm. I love Michelle Obama. Love her. Think about that. Think about that. Right? I mean, so that's that. Now, there's one other type that's 1% and they're called reflectors. That means they have no defined centers at all. They're like a mirror. 
And so these are the type of people that can play almost any type of role. If you get one in your midst or on your team, you will be so happy because you'll feel like this person can just about do anything. (laughs) Okay. Because they just, they're like a chameleon in how they can move around in the world. And because they're completely open, they tend to mirror other people. Now that's good. And that's bad, right? Good in that if you're with this person and you're happy with yourself, you're going to feel really good around them. But if you're having some issues with yourself, you're not going to feel good around them and you're going to blame them. Okay. (laughs) You're going to blame them because, you know, it's hard for people to see things about themselves, but they're a great mirror and they won't be necessarily doing anything, Mm. but they're like a chameleon. They're one with nature and, you know, all that type of stuff that, but you may meet these people and what I'm saying, you may think all earthy, crunchy and flat. No, not necessarily. That's not how they come off to you. You're just, they're the kind of person almost like everybody likes, um, especially if you're in a good place because they're just such, they're mirroring all the the, the good stuff, (laughs) right? Um, But they're 1% of the population. Yeah. So it sounds like listening to all this stuff that you almost need to have people do these human design tests if you're going to go into business with them or if you're going to marry somebody or if you're in conflict with someone who's close to you all the time. It's just figuring out the characteristics of that person. Yes. So let's talk about it from a professional standpoint. Yes. Um, so with these, now the, the Colby where the Colby's talking about your instincts and how you use a part of your brain and it's Harvard verified, you're what's called the follow through where you're organizing and systematizing. I'm what's called a quick start. My, I'm going to be innovating all the time. My follow through is two. I'm not, I get, I got to get somebody else to do things because of that too. Right. But I'm a visionary. I'm an innovator. I'm a, how I'm going to solve a problem. Naturally, my instinct always is to innovate and try something new and to take risks, which you're a three in that area. You'd be like, "Uh, uh, uh." but what's good. What's, what's good. Not nothing's good or bad about either. Yes. Is somebody in the quick start three is the person that that keeps things stable. So we would work well together because when I want to go off to do something new, you'll say, well, wait a minute, Veronica, what you're doing right here works really well. We need to keep that. So you're going to provide that stability. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at something like a Colby and people's way of doing, the team synergy happens when you put people together who have all different types of scores. We don't want all innovators on the team. We don't want all follow-throughs on the team. You're going to drive us crazy with the organization. I'm going to drive crazy with always the new idea. I'm the shiny, bright object person. Yes, yes. I mean, people, look, yes. look at me. Look at <laughs> the quick start, right? I mean, if I would I tell people what I am, they're like, that was obvious. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting because, okay, so this was an online test that I took for people that are listening and there were about 20 questions with, and it was a multiple choice mm-hmm. and you had to rate what you were most likely and what you yes. were least likely either to do, to be, to yes. react. Now, 
there were about, in some of those answers, I could have put, put down all four, depending on the situation. I found it really, really difficult to, to do the test because I found that I am creative also. I'm, I am an innovator. I am someone who's a visionary, but also I'm the sense, I'm the, like the voice of reason. And there's someone who will research and organize. Like before I do anything, I will put together a business plan. Okay. So let's talk about your whole score, which is, I believe, seven, eight, three, seven, eight, three, two. Okay. The seven is what's called a fact finder. And so anything that goes seven, eight, nine, 10 is a high score. You're yep. a fact finder, but your highest score is the follow through. The systematize. So in you, you're going to systematize thing. And then your second thing is you're going to look for the research in depth to support whatever you're doing. That's just the natural way that you do things. So organize and research. That's that's who you are. You're yes. not going to be now. Notice when we do this, there's a range of there's four numbers And it doesn't mean that you cannot do any of the other areas. You can do any of those areas. What this says is when you're going to take action left to your natural instinct and your own devices, here's how you're going to initiate the action and do Mm. it the best way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you cannot be an innovator, but it's going to take a lot more energy for you to do that than to systematize and organize and do the research. Yes. For yes. me, it's going to take a lot of interest in a lot of energy for me to systematize and organize and do the research. Now, I can do that or I wouldn't have got through medical school. Okay. Obviously. I got through medical school and I did very well. And I'll tell you why that is in a second. But when it why did I have to leave medicine? Because no one wants you to innovate. Innovating is not encouraged. You're supposed to follow the script. And if you don't follow the script, the lawyers are on your butt. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so I got into medicine. I had a big following, a nice practice, and I was bored out of my mind a year into practice because it was the same thing over and over and over and over again. Now, yes. somebody like you could do it because it's just like the system is so beautiful. The system is so beautiful. It just, it's so mm-hmm. beautiful. And I was like, I need to do something new. Okay. However, so. however, though, I get bored too. I always have to have the next thing that I move on to. Yes. Now, you're also an investigator. So think about your fact finder, mm-hmm. but in your human design, there's what's called a profile. And your one three, your one means that you just have the natural inclination to do things in life by investigating. So you enjoy investigating all types of things. Yes. I am very highly curious by nature. I love researching. Deep. So you like to do it from a spiritual perspective. You're meant to do it from a spiritual perspective and from an instinctual brain perspective. You're also high. That's how you're going to do things. You're going to organize it and you're going to look really hard for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So think about if you're going to put people into an office Nobody ever wants to talk about anything that's spiritual, but I got to tell you that I present Colby's to people and put teams together because what happens is 
You put all the Colby's together on a team and you show what you have. And then you can say, okay, I put together a team of women. There were nine women on a team. And I said, listen, in this one area right here, you have no no skills, no instinct. In this one area, you have no instinct. If you want your team to be successful, you need to get someone on a team that has this area and this area too, okay? Because you're not going to be able to bring it to completion because you don't have a builder. You're not going to be able to, right? So if you figure, you can figure out with a Colby where people will sink or swim. Right. And if you have the right butts in the right seats, you use something like a Colby, which in our country is approved by employment services, like the federal government has rules that you can use. The Colby is the one that you can use pre-employment to screen people. It is the mm -hmm. only assessment because I don't call this a test or an examination. It is an assessment. There's not a good score or a bad score. Everybody gets a perfect score. Right. So it's not you. I'm better than you because I'm a nine quick start. I just happen to be a nine. You're a three. Nine means my way of taking action is to innovate and take risk. And your way of taking action is to look for what's good in what we already have and keep that and throw away the rest of it. It's just a different way of instinctually taking action. What does instinct mean? It means that you're born that way. And the important piece about this is now I know when I'm working with you, what you're going to be best suited for. And I also will understand why you may not be as suited for something else. Yes. And therefore, when we're working on a team and I know what your numbers are, I'm not, there's certain things that I'm not going to get mad at you about. And you know what I am. You're not going to get mad at me for going off on a shiny object because you know this is just the way I am. And this is the way the universe made me, the source made me. And that's when you need a particular instinct that does it well, you're going to ask me. You're not going to go ask me to organize something. I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. Okay? So you think about jobs, you do it, but also think about relationships. What do you think? What's your husband? What if we did a Colby on your mm -hmm. husband? And now mm -hmm. you know. Like I'm a nine and a quick start and my husband, he's a three like you are. He well, he used to always say to me, you're so impulsive. You're so impulsive. And he's also an eight in follow through like you are. He's systematized or not. He's down. We're doing a, I asked him to change a lock on the door and put something on. He's there and he's, you know, he's measuring and you know what I'm He's making it real organ. I mean, I'm just like, just put already <laughs> will be absolutely perfect because he has to have it organized mm. perfectly. Now, well, people, yes. So in the relationship, it allows me to understand what his natural instincts, instincts are and accept that he is the way he is instinctually and him. Now he doesn't need to know who I am necessarily. It's nice, but we only can do stuff with ourselves. So we don't yes. force this with anybody else. So in a romantic situation, I know I am a quick start projector. And so I know how to, I know what my husband is, and that informs how I word things, how I watch the way he do, how I present things, knowing what his triggers are. Colby, you can tell what somebody's triggers are. 
what to do and what not to do. And think about that in a personal situation, in a romance with a, or with your family or friends, but also think about it in a professional situation. If I'm with somebody who is a um, fact finder, I'm never, I will mm-hmm. never give them enough data because no matter how much data I get, they're going to never have enough. They never feel <laughs> Right. And so they're going to say she didn't. Somebody here is listening to this call and say she's all over the place. Oh, my God. She's all over. Stick to the point. Tell me more about that. They're a fact finder. And I'm not giving them enough of the data, data point, data point, data point, data point, data point. And so what I tell people when I speak, I'm like, I'm a quick start. If you're a fact finder, you're going to know, want to know more research on this. So here's where you can go get more research. Cause I know I'm driving you crazy, but this is just the way I am. Right. No, and I, know- I actually, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to all of this. And, and I was thinking, you know, because a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are in the singing voice community and a great percentage of those people are singing teachers. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, this would be amazing to know this stuff about our students, the people that we teach. So I was going to say that. And Kathy Colby, who is a magnificent woman, she's now in her mid-80s, still teaches. Oh, she's absolutely brilliant. Her father is actually the um, father of one of the IQ tests. I want to say it's the Wexler IQ test. I don't remember. I had to look that up. But she, her yeah. father, he was the IQ Q test guy and Kathy could look and see they were missing something. Why do you get these smart people who fail and these people who aren't smart who do really well? What's going on there? And so in her brilliant mind, she's also a quick start, but she's very bright also, cognitively very bright, started realizing there's something different going on and started studying this and came up with this particular assessment, of course, and then went off to higher institutions that do research to actually verify that this is a real thing and it is a part of our brain. We have three parts of our brain, cognitive IQ, affective emotion personality, and the other part, which we don't think about called cognitive, it's how you do things, how you take action. So think, feel, do. I'm talking about how we all do things and we all do things very differently naturally differently. Kathy Colby has even determined how to test or assess infants and young children who are pre-verbal and can tell you they're a whatever they are. She's trying to figure out, okay, how do I, now in her 80s, she's trying to figure out how do I pass this on to the people I've caught Colby, people like me who are Colby certified consultants. How do I teach them how to test the kids, how to assess the kids? So let's say you're you're a singing teacher and you have people who let's say are 13 and above. You could give them a Colby to figure out how they're going to naturally do things. And then you can teach towards their natural instinct, which would allow them to be more successful. Okay. This is what's the matter with our public school systems, at least in America. Okay, they don't do that. It's one way or you're dumb. And think about Mm -hmm. there's so many ways people can do things. Mm -hmm. In school, I'm an innovator. I'm not supposed to innovate. I'm supposed to do it the way everybody else says do it. Now, because I know how to play the game, I did it the way everybody else said to do it. (laughs) Right? But now, 
It's like we need to innovate. Of course, I'm the quick start innovator saying that innovate so that more people can be brought into the folds and feel like that they're actually able to do what they're meant to do from a younger age. It shouldn't be late in life that you're like, oh, my God. Thank God somebody figured out that that's what I am. And that's I'm naturally like that. Right. Yeah. And then you add in human design, which talks about your spiritual destiny your master path, your life purpose. And I know you're a manifester and maybe your husband's a generator. You can even on on both of these things do do composite charts. So we can see where you're gelling together well and where your areas of of vulnerability are in the relationship. I would love to do that. Because, yeah, I spend... Sorry, I spend 80% of my time in the planning and 20% of the time in the execution, whereas he's the other way around. So he might be a, he might be a fact finder, right? Because he's like, you know, or, or you're saying he spends most of his time in execution? Mm-hmm. Maybe he's what's called an implementer. Yeah, yeah. He's, but he also might be a generator, where work, 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 work is where he feels good. And long as he's working, he is like on top of it, feeling really good. And so people like that, they can work like, you know, 18 hours a day and not like my husband's working on a project. He will not stop until it's perfect. So we'll finish this. I'll go downstairs and say, now I, I cooked dinner ahead of time. I'm like, I'm going to come to the interview and I'm going to go down and then he'll be yeah. done. <laughs> I go down there and he's not done. He will not eat that dinner. He will not go to bed until that project is done and organized perfectly with the level. <laughs> right? Wow. wow. Okay. Because it's, he's what, he's the follow through. He's going to make sure that it gets done and it gets done in an organized, correct fashion. And he's a manifesting generator. It means he can initiate and he can do the work. That's a, It's a very powerful chart to be able to initiate and do the work, right? But think about when you put us together, what happens when you put us together is we define our particular couple. We define all the energy centers. And so it means that within our relationship, we don't have a ton of strife inside of a relationship. Everything is meant to go outward. But the other thing that happens because we define each, we, well, people say we make each other, we, we, you make me whole. It's true. What happens with us is we fill each other's centers that are not filled and we become a different whole being. Well, what does that mean? It means there's not place for other people in our relationship. So when we go out, we have to go out with other couples who are whole in their relationship. We can't be with a third person because that third person will energetically feel like they don't belong. Uh Uh-huh. So you start knowing these about things like I will, I'll socialize on my own a lot. He'll socialize on his own a lot. 
and we do things as a couple, we do things as a couple. We'll, you know, we'll, every once in a while, we might have an individual friend, but that doesn't work a whole lot because there's no, they call it no place to go in when you're filled in. It feels good for us, but it means when other people try to come in, there's no energetic filling for them. So they feel like they don't belong. Yes. Yes. So in the couple, it's a nice feeling, but from the outward world, they're like, yeah, they're really solid. They're really strong. And people kind of stay away. So that can be lonely. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like people say, I want to be one of those couples, right? Let me tell you some other, uh, here, let's, let me tell you some interesting relationship stuff that your audience will be able to relate to. This is, Mm -hmm. this is super interesting with human design. Let's talk about King Charles. We now have King Charles and Queen Camilla, and everybody loved Diana. Well, King Charles and Diana were also a 9-0 couple. It meant they filled each other in very well. Right. But when you looked at their energetic bonds and channels, they had very few that were coming together. Right? So they had one channel of energetic like longing, their attractiveness, right? Just one, which is not a whole lot. No. But then looked at compromise, they had a lot of compromise in their in their energetic relationship, right? But yet they were a 9-0 couple. So you can see why they would be attracted to each other. But let me tell you about Camilla. Camilla and Charles are also a 9-0 couple. And they have like five or six attractive energetic bonds and not a lot of compromised channels. So when you look at Charles and Camilla as a couple versus Charles and Diana as a couple, it's obvious that Camilla is the right spouse for him. Right. Yeah, okay. and they say that he is so happy with her. It is, and you see why he was there before. They had a lot stronger energetic bond than mm. him and Diana. Now, that's not... Charles's fault. That's not Camilla's fault. That's not, it's no one's fault. It's the way the universe made them. Yes. And so when they get together, we want to make Charles the bad guy. And this is, you know, outwardly, we have all these stories go in our head, but when you look at it all energetically, you're like, oh yeah, I can see why you take Camilla over. Has nothing about the age, the way she looks, how she talks, nothing, none of that. And nobody from the outside is necessarily going to understand that. Mm. Mm. When you look at it from a spiritual perspective, it's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. another yeah. 9-0 couple that people might know that's a celebrity couple, they're always going to be close. Kanye and Kim. Kanye West and Kim Kardashian are a 9 couple. You'll you put kidding. them together, they fill in each other. Really? That's why he's so crazy when he was, she was and, and Kanye West is a projector. Now, let me tell you about projectors. Your your shadow side is bitterness. It's success or bitterness. So think about Kanye West. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'd use the word bitter. I I think he he's a very he's very different. <laughs> but but he's a projector, so of course he looks very different because he is part of the different 30%. Mm. Okay, so he doesn't look like the other 70%. So just by that, he's a black sheep, right? Yeah. So he's different in that standpoint. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, this is a lot. He kept his mouth shut. He was good. But then when he started whatever, and and then he when he was in the relationship, 
Now he has some um he has some affective things going on in a different part of the brain. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about where he is from a spiritual perspective. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is so much here. We're going to start wrapping this up. We've been, well, you've shared so much with us and, and I hope that the listeners have come along with the, with you on this amazing journey. We have delved into some quite unique topics here and I hope everyone receives it with an open heart and open mind and sees the value of the work. And if anyone wants to learn more about the Colby system, the, the analysis, the assessment that you were talking about, we will share information as to where they can find you in thank the you. show notes. I want to thank you for your time. In wrapping up, is there any other message that you would like to share with the listeners or a piece of advice? And by the way, we, we didn't even get to speak about your four books. You've written four brilliant best-selling books. They can learn about those books in the show notes as well. So what would you like to share with the listeners in wrapping up? So this is all about, I use a method, it's called the respect method. And the S is for surrender to your spirit. And the T is for trust and take action. And so what I tell people is, learn who you are, surrender to it, and then that will allow you to trust yourself and trust life, the universe, the process. So find out who you really are. And this is what these tools are for so that you definitively know who you are. Yes, I I would actually love to have you back sometime and talk about that respect method because it's something that we didn't get to. Uh, and I, I have so many questions around that also. And that piece of advice is beautiful and I truly appreciate that. So, Dr. Veronica, thank you so much for your time and for doing the analysis on me. I really appreciate that. And yes, it all made total sense. Everything that you were saying, I was going, yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's me. <laughs> yeah, but thank you so much for your time and best wishes and look forward to reconnecting with you in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm grateful that you had me on your show. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Voice and Beyond. I hope you enjoyed it as now is an important time for you to invest in your own self-care, personal growth and education. Use every day as an opportunity to learn and to grow so you can show up feeling empowered and ready to live your best life. If you know someone who will also be inspired by this episode, please be sure to copy and paste the link and share it with them. Or share it on social media and use the hashtag A Voice and Beyond. I promise you I am committed to bringing you more inspiration and conversations just like this one every week. And if you would like to help me, please rate and review this podcast and cheer me on by clicking the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts right now. I would also love to know what it is that you most enjoyed about this episode and what was your biggest takeaway. 
please take care and I look forward to your company next time on the next episode of A Voice and Beyond.